Yo, I'm coming from that 3-6, so that's why I got them brains spinning. Ain't nobody using blinkers, we ain't good at lane switching. Better get a plane ticket, I ain't flying all you chickens, though. Always shoot my shot, better swishing off the pick and roll. Dishing off the give and go, all my squad is driven, so you can catch us on the road. Promise Rip City, are you listening? I'm Christian Gamalian, I'm talking with co-host Austin Caphammer, and this is the Peeps and Plaid Podcast. If you can see us right now, you're watching our second Blazers Uprise YouTube video podcast. And we are talking all things Blazer basketball. The preseason has begun. After FanFest and the first preseason loss to the Nuggets, both games in the Memorial Coliseum, we're already learning quite a bit about this 2020 Trailblazers team. So how much weight do we put on what's happened so far? What are our predictions for end of season awards? And do any Blazers have a chance at claiming any of the accolades? Uh, what the heck is going on with the NBA in China? We'll be discussing all of this in a quick 30 minute episode so austin let's jump right in the 2020 season is right around the corner and mm-hmm. preseason basketball has already started so what are some takeaways from that first game takeaways what the primary one was that it, it was just a poor shooting night um for the majority of the team um i would say my hot take if any would be that moses brown should be considered uh, not to just obviously off of one game throw into a lineup or anything, but he should be considered. Um, yep. I've, I've, I've watched some of his individual workout uh, videos here from from the summer, and I think that he kind of can he can he can. There's a reason he's in the league, right? So um, yep. I was impressed with what he did, and then um, I had tweeted it out uh, mid game, and it got they got some some decent feedback. But I think that. Anthony definitely needs to be off the ball. That's kind of not really new or hot news now after 24 hours after the game. A lot of people have been saying that. Um, But, yeah, I think that we have more ball handlers than we expected. I think that Herzonia and Bazemore obviously uh, kind of lived up to their shooting um, narratives that people have put out there regarding them. Um, but yeah, I would say aside from that, Damon CJ, I liked CJ's longer shot there last night. Um, I like that. I saw, I think, um, 503 uh, put something out just saying, yeah, he deepened his range. And um, I mean, you know, one shot, but I mean, he wasn't even really necessarily taking those shots um, so willfully last season, in my opinion. So those were some of my main takeaways. How about yourself? <clears throat> well, for me, it was Bazemore getting seven steals. That was pretty crazy to me because. I've said, you know, I said in recent episodes, I'm not expecting much defensively from the forwards, but the fact that Bazemore brought that, he was just bringing a different kind of intensity to the game that a lot of the rest of the Blazers didn't really bring, but also Hazonia, his confidence was awesome. Like, he was yeah. bringing the ball up the floor, and everything they've been saying about Bazemore and Hazonia was pretty true. Uh, there was only one made three-pointer between the two of them, but... They they both played really well. Hazonia's playmaking was awesome. He just it's like when he was moving down the court, he wasn't paying attention to the person guarding him. He was paying attention to the whole floor. And yep. as soon as someone's open, he zips it over to him. He had some like legit passes. I'm really excited to see how he grows. Hopefully, because um, obviously it's it's the confidence that the team is instilling in him. They're saying, you know, we believe in your abilities. We believe that you're able to lead this team in that way. At least that second unit. Uh, so having that confidence is great. Now, when the season starts and he's had a couple down games, is that confidence going to stay there? We'll have to see. But I'm I'm pretty stoked about how Hazonia was doing as well. Um, Simons was three for five on three-pointers, which is 
great. Uh, yep. He missed all of his two pointers, so you know, take <laughs> take some and you know someone else, whatever. Uh, but Scal Labissier made a three pointer, which is pretty legit, and yep. I feel I feel pretty good about Scal. I don't know. Um, yeah, I really liked what I saw out of him. Yeah, it was it was cool to see Dame's cousin Kelgen Blevins out there in a Blazers uniform at Memorial Coliseum. Uh, I don't think he's going to end up on the actual Blazers roster, but yeah. it's pretty nice to see. Um, Gary Trent did not impress me at all. He was 0 for 7, 0 for 4 three-pointers. Did basically nothing. He got an assist and a steal, um, but that's it in 17 minutes. So that's not very impressive to me. Uh, yeah. The rest of the team, though, I mean, they did what you'd expect, but it was just poor shooting all around. Um, it seemed like... You know, obviously, it's the 50th anniversary season. They're having a, a preseason game at the Memorial Coliseum. It's a big deal. But Terry Stotts was like, you know, let's let's let the other guys play. Let's uh, the Nuggets were really trying to see some stuff. They're like, okay, we have we finally have Michael Porter Jr. back from injury, so let's yeah. see what he can do. They were really pushing it in the fourth quarter, whereas the Blazers were all guys who aren't even going to be on the roster in the first day of the season. So, yeah, for the for the most part, yeah. And I would yeah. and I, listening to your recap of Gary Trent. Um, I was sitting there thinking that same thing last night when I saw him come off a couple off-ball screens and just not really get the ball. Um, right. He, it's there's been so, not just in the media, but there, I feel like even the Blazers themselves have put out this narrative that An- Anthony is that next up guy. Um, yeah. And maybe it's an overreaction at this point, but I think that I don't, I just don't know if um, if Gary Trent's best or optimal environment is going to be in Portland in the long run. I mean, obviously there's a lot of factors that go into that. Um, I mean, his development could just take a couple years and the timing might just have to be right. But um, I don't know. It just, it doesn't, it kind of seems like they've kind of forgot about him. And um, I just hope that that's not the case in the long run because that's a really, really, um, he has a lot of potential with that body. And, And I think that he is, I think he's skilled. I think he's skilled. Um, so I hope that they do kind of, uh, you know, boost some of his confidence as well. Yeah, and, and we've seen plenty of draft picks come and go in the NBA, Blazers or otherwise, uh, plenty of mm-hmm. first-rounders. Uh, Gary Trent's a second-rounder. I think he has potential. I think he could do really well. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't. And I'm also not, you know, freaking out over one preseason game. But uh, we'll see if he gets more opportunities coming up. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect him... Uh, to do terrible. I'm sure he's, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Anyway, Damian <laughs> Lillard had a nutmeg pass to Hassan Whiteside that was amazing through, uh, well, Will Barton was cover- uh, guarding Damian and he nutmegged Mason Plumley. So it was a double, that, yep. double blazer attack. He was taking out some <laughs> former blazers. It was wild. And Hassan Whiteside got it. Hassan had uh, four rebounds and no blocks, uh, seven points in 12 minutes. Hassan was fine. Um, I saw some people tweeting out like he looks bored out there, but I mean he's he's, he's not at a hundred percent right now. He's good enough to play, but he's not. You know, I don't I don't I don't think he's been in a system with that much of an offensive high profile of an offensive role either, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and and then on top of that, it's a it's pretty much an audible based offensive system from what yeah. I've gathered. So if 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 your only experience is set plays, and even in those set plays you weren't really the focal point of the offense. Um, it's going to be pretty tough when you have to just kind of do it on the fly and be well-versed at it. So I think that we got to, we got to pump the brakes with some of those statements um, as a fan base. And I think that um, 
it'll be interesting to see how the health impacts that though i i would have yeah. i would have liked to have seen a little bit more reasoning drift towards the you know familiarization with the system and whatnot i don't i don't necessarily i mean who knows if it, I, I just can't imagine an 80 percent healthy just one ankle not being the 100 percent resulting in what we kind of saw last night i think i yeah. think it's more of a mental thing mm. could be yeah um one last thing that i want to touch on on the uh portland trailblazers 50-year anniversary memorial call season call a <laughs> the call of season game that's what we gotta call it the call of season the call of season anyway uh <laughs> One Terrence Stotts, I'm guessing his real name is Terrence. Uh, one Terry Stotts was wearing some amazing clothing. My goodness. Him and the whole coaching staff. I think three of them were in plaid, so represent, you know. But uh, Terry Stotts was looking fly out there in some I just 70s. Gotta, I just got to say, Terry, Terry, like, is used to it by this point. It looks like in all these photos that we see the Blazers put out and uh, people retweet. What I think is hilarious, uh, just as someone on the outside looking in, uh, Tibbetts is like a pretty, um, what's the word for it? Like stone faced guy. Like yeah. he, like he's pretty serious looking, but like, obviously I've seen, you've seen him laugh. You've seen him be kind of an outward, uh, you know, outgoing coach, but it's so funny to see him kind of like reel it back when he's like, yeah. when he's on the bench, like next to Terry's oh, okay. Like <laughs> time to be serious. Like, and he's already like a serious guy. So that I was, I always think that that's funny. It's kind of a, kind of an, Terry's like, I've been here before. I've done it every season, you know, the Dr. Jack tributes and whatnot. But next yeah. time, next time they do something like that, which obviously doesn't happen too often, uh, check out Tibbetts. Yeah. Yeah. For real. I was like, shoot, I got to see this in a regular season game. That'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> So, any other thoughts on preseason you want to um, get out before we talk about end of season awards? No, I think uh, I think I think I'm ready to move along, my friend. All right, so we're going to be talking about who we think is going to win the awards at the end of the season: MVP, Most Improved Player, Defensive Player of the Year, all that. So, MVP, who do you have? Uh, well, here's the interesting thing. I, I, I want to say LeBron James, um, but now that we have these duo teams, it's going to be really interesting if one of, if one or two of these teams really separate themselves, yeah. where the credit falls, right? Like now, when it, even when it's like a three-star team, you can always pick out one guy because um, mm -hmm. there's that odd man out. But in these partnership duos, it's going to be really interesting to see how the NBA differentiates between the two um, performances, season-long performances. So I, I, I want to say like LeBron, but then then I would think to myself, well, what? How are they going to credit AD? Yeah. Um, it's it, it a lot of it. It goes back to the age-old conversation of: Are we talking about the best player? Or are we talking about the most valuable player? Because those yeah. are two different things, and totally. um, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's still tough. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Giannis uh, ran it back, just because of the situation in Milwaukee yeah. being kind of unique to a lot of these other uh, franchises now. But what's what's I, I can't. I I'm sorry, my friend. I can't have a def definitive answer for that. What would what would your take be? So for me, last year. I picked LeBron to win it, if I'm remembering, right? I picked LeBron to win it because I said, uh, LeBron to the Lakers, they're going to make the playoffs. Fun fact, I was very wrong. I also said that they would be the third seed and they didn't even make the playoffs. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But I said that 
they were going to make the playoffs and they weren't going to give the credit to Luke Walton. They weren't going to give it to the young guys improving. They were going to give that credit to LeBron. Uh, and I was wrong mostly, but if LeBron wasn't injured, it's very likely most of that would have happened. Probably not a three seed, but they probably would have made the playoffs and LeBron would have gotten all the credit and he was in the, the MVP conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so my pick this year is Giannis to run it back. Yeah. Uh, the way that I look at it, James Harden now has Russell Westbrook on the team. It's possible that James Harden could win it with, with Russell Westbrook there. It's possible that Russell Westbrook's assists just mean even more scoring for Harden, and he scores 40 points a night. I don't know. I highly doubt it. I think it's just going to cause a little bit of conflict, quite a bit of um, having to figure things out at the start of the season and not knowing exactly who should be scoring at the time. Uh, so I, I think it's going to hinder him more than anything. I think um, Kawhi has a really good shot because he's on the Clippers. They're going to be winning a lot of games with him and Paul George. Um, I just don't think he's going to separate himself enough with Paul George there, uh, right. similar to Paul George and Westbrook last year, I guess. But they're just going to be really similar players. I think Doc's going to do well at implementing them both, but I don't think he'll separate himself enough. Um, with the Lakers, similar thing, where LeBron... I think the Lakers could be, I mean, obviously could be the best team in the league this year. Um, I say that last year, they didn't even make the playoffs. Uh, LeBron will get them. I mean, LeBron's trying to enable AD as much as possible. He's trying to make him as good as he can. But I just don't think, I don't think either one of them is going to separate themselves either. And I think Giannis is the guy on the Bucks, obviously. But I think he's going to separate himself in a way that no other player will. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely taking Giannis. Ron, if I could add one, one last thing here before we move along to the next award, I would say that the, the beneficiary of the new NBA, as we can call it, um, is going to be superstars who have kind of sidekicks that are, you know, for all intents and purposes, uh, just as, as game changing, if not close to as game changing as they are, but maybe just don't get that blockbuster respect, right? Yeah. So, like, even though Giannis is seen as this solo guy, clearly he has a unit around them, but he also has like Chris Middleton, who I obviously a lot of people are suspect about that that contract that he got, but whether you like it or not, that guy can contribute, and he's also not going to populate the national headlines all the time. Yeah. I mean, not not compared to Giannis, and so. Big U-turn here, trying to be objective. Dame actually has a shot in this NBA. One, because his competition is now diluted with all of these tandems in the NBA. And two, because he has a quote-unquote sidekick who, if you're a true Blazer fan, um, shout out true Blazer fan, (laughs) you know that CJ can contribute. And CJ is not. He's gonna. CJ is a little bit more in the headlines than um, than um, Middleton, just because he's kind of media savvy. But mm-hmm. I think that Dame can really capitalize on that help, and he also won't have to necessarily pay the price in the media. But yeah, it's also Portland as a market, so we'll see. Yeah. So I'm I'm with you. I think Dame has a shot. Uh, I did my most research into MVP, um, and the last five m6 mvps if you combine their main five statistical categories um they have had no less than 38 total so it was steph curry he had like uh the season that their team was 73 and 9 steph curry 
had 38 total. So he had like, it was like 20, I think it was 23 points. And it was like seven assists, three rebounds, and like one steal and half a block or something. Um, mm-hmm. It ended up adding up to 38. This, this is, you know, the weird kind of research that I do. Um, everything else has been 44 or above. Dame has, um, I don't think he's ever been above like 38 to 40. Um, so looking at a statistics standpoint, I know it's like a, a little thing that a lot of people are like, oh no, it's so much more than that. But stats mean a lot to a lot of different conversations. And the MVP conversation is a big one. And if uh, if Dame isn't leading this team to a record-breaking season like Steph did five years ago, I don't see him winning MVP. I think um, he definitely has a shot and he's got a lot of uh, people backing him now. He's definitely a lot more popular than even the start of last season. But I just, I don't think it's realistically going to happen. I think he definitely could be in the conversation. Uh, But, you know, Russell Westbrook, three seasons ago when he won MVP, he averaged a triple-double for the first time in, what, like 50 years since Oscar Robertson. And on top of that, he was hitting game winners. Like, if you remember back then, he was hitting threes, Mm -hmm. he was hitting game winners. He was. He was a monster that season. So just saying that Dame, you know, oh, Dame's going to, be you know clutch and that's going to win it for him and he's going to lead this team and everyone's going to see that it's him leading it's like look they're going to see the same thing in lebron they're going to see clutch shots and other guys too um i think mm-hmm. stats are just going to be too big for dame to overcome just mm-hmm. considering all the other players in the league so i think he does have a shot but i really don't think he'll win it so let's rattle off these next couple we won't even go into nearly yep. as much depth on these next couple of awards and then i'll uh, i'll bring in our our uh, impromptu guest for the week Yes, so most improved player. I think Blazers with a shot at it are Collins and Simons, and I think the winner will be Collins or Simons. Okay. What you got? Uh, yeah, I, I, so you're saying, or, I'm sorry, my friend, are we, are we referencing just the team or are we speaking NBA-wise as well right now? NBA-wide. I'm, I'm oh. just, I'm all in okay. on those two. I don't know. Okay. I think they could do it. I, I'd take Simons over Collins probably, but... I think they yeah. have the best shot. I mean, I, I I don't pay too many attention, too much attention to like obscure mm-hmm. guys on other teams necessarily. Right. Uh, but these guys, the Blazers are very high on them. It it could be like Hazonia or Bays I th- even. I mean, I th- the Blazers I th- just I th- have a lot of those guys. I, I if we're speaking about the Blazers, I would say either of those guys have a shot. Um, between the two, probably be Anthony just because of the time. He's had a shorter time span. Um, but if you're asking my my honest opinion on who I believe is going to get that. I think it's Markel Fultz. Mm. Yeah, could be. Um, I think he's. I think he's from what I've seen preseason so far, he's he's got the role. He's got the he's got the the media exposure already, having been the number one overall pick and kind of having this return. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if I saw him uh, pull that out if he if he keeps going the way that I've seen him go so far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so defensive player of the year for me, I think Whiteside has a shot as far as the Blazers go. I don't think Zach Collins will at the power forward. Um, mm-hmm. I also don't think Anthony Davis will have a shot because he'll be playing power forward. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like playing center apparently. Uh, so really, I think it's going to be between Gobert and Kawhi. I think that Kawhi is going to be on a team that is amazing and wins a lot of games. And I think mm-hmm. that a lot of that credit is going to be to his defense. And I think the Jazz are going to be amazing, too, and um, have a really good improvement over last year. And Gobert's got all eyes on him. So I, I think it's between those two for Defensive Player of the Year. I would I would just flat out agree with both of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Draymond is uh, 
not going to be on as good of a team, and I think that they're going to be exploited a lot more. So I don't think he'll get nearly as much credit as he has in the past. I'm sure he'll still be great at defense, but yeah, go yeah. Baron Kawhi. So sixth man, uh, I'm going with someone on the Lakers or Clippers. Uh, I think Mo Harkless has a shot. He's been playing well in preseason. I'm not going to overreact too much to that. Mm-hmm. But considering that you know Paul George and Kawhi can't play the whole game, he's going to get a lot of minutes with some other really good players. I think... He has a shot to do it, and Lou Williams has won it multiple times, and he, I'm sure he's going to come off the bench still. So one of those two. I think Anthony Simons or Bazemore have a shot, but I'll, I'll give it to someone on the Clippers. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see if – this is a stretch here, but it'll be interesting to see if if the Warriors find out that chemistry-wise having D'Angelo come off the bench – yeah. is preferred because if that happens i think he's he's the closest thing to a lock um aside from lou williams um and i think that there's going to be a lot of media attention on the lakers and i think that really anyone that gets budged out of that starting lineup um that performs well is going to be able to um assert themselves as a candidate do you happen to know if so if, if ad would start at the four yep. um who would be their center who would be their center um, is it, it Collie Stein? Did they have? Do they? Who no. has Collie Stein now? Warriors got Collie Stein. Uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Gold. Some some gold team. Um, I know, right? Golden team uh, in California. Won <laughs> too many times in their history. Um, well, I would just say that because I, I love. Looks Kyle like Kuzma. Kuzma's, he's he's going to be their center. No, no, oh, no, no. Sorry, I mixed that up. I was thinking about who their six man will be. It looks uh, okay. like how Kuzma will be their six man most likely. Uh, Dwight Howard or Javale McGee starting at center. Uh, Danny Green at shooting guard, probably. We'll see. They might start yeah. Kuzma. Well, they might they might I, bump Rondo to the bench and have LeBron start at point guard. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. I like I like Kuzma. I like his game. So we'll see how him and D'Angelo Russell find their place in each of those kind of um, recent content. Well, I shouldn't say recent contender. Yeah. What was a recent contender and what will be a contender? Um, I think they're going to have a lot of eyes on each of them, and uh, that's an opportunity. So what's what's our next uh, award? Uh, well, real quick, I, I don't think D'Angelo is going to come off the bench, but we can talk about that yeah. more later. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm saying uh, like like I said, that's got to be a stretch. Maybe with playback, we'll a lot see. of things would happen. Yes, a lot of things would have to happen for the Warriors to say, "Look, we got to stagger this." Steph's playing out of his mind. They can't somehow fit on the court at the same time. Draymond needs the ball a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So uh, rookie of the year, I got. Either Zion Williamson or Jean Morant. I don't know how to say his name. My goodness, I need to look it up. Uh, Zion is obviously the favorite, I think. Um, Morant is going to probably have a bigger role on his team. So that's why he definitely has a shot at it. Uh, but I'll take Zion. I mean, the dude's only 6'6", and he has the highest vert in the NBA. And like he's, what, like second or third most heavy person in the NBA? Uh, he's he's going to play well regardless, I'm sure. I don't know if he'll carry them to the playoffs or not, but I think he should be the rookie of the year. I agree, my friend. I think that he's going to take it. And um, I think that even if Jaw has a great year, um, I think that the, the media hustle and bustle behind Zion Williamson is just too much to ignore. Yeah. Um, so coach of the year. I am going to take Budenholzer. I took him last year. Um, and I, th- I think he won it, I'm pretty sure. Shoot, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but Mike Budenholzer with the Bucks, because I think their team is still going to be amazing and they're still going to take the East, even though they lost, uh, shoot, uh, I'm looking at his name, Brogdon. 
Malcolm mm. Brogdon. They lost him to the Pacers. I'm still going to take Budenholzer. I think he will win it. I think Mike Malone has a shot with Denver. I think they could shoot. I mean, it was one preseason game, and I'm not judging it based on that, but they have a really good team. Second best in the West last year, and they're only better. Uh, so Mike Malone has a shot. I don't think Doc Rivers is going to win it. I think that their team's going to be really good, but yeah. if he wins yeah. it, I don't think he should have the credit that he does. He maybe <laughs> should have won it last year after taking the Clippers to the playoffs, but... Yeah, yeah I, I'm going to go with the other Mike uh, that we saw last night in preseason, Mr. Mike Malone. Right? Yeah. Am I getting Am I getting that right? I was yep. hoping so. Uh, but yeah, so I think that uh, you know we've seen Danny Morang tweet something along the lines of deepest team in the league. We heard it uh, from the ESPN announcers last night, and um, having that absence of absolute star talent aside from Jokic and what is a up and coming star in Murray, I think that it's going to be easier for him than others to garner success while also not having the um hater tater takeaway of well you got great stars basically yeah which is which is valid that's a valid point um so yeah that's 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 my contender all right i got two more questions first executive of the year for me it's got to be one of the teams that moved of star player so whether it's the Clippers, Thunder, if for some reason they're like, hey, they got a lot of draft picks, that counts. Um, Lakers, Rockets, or Pelicans. Um, obviously, I'm taking Clippers or Lakers for the championship over any of those other teams. So if they win a championship, probably some of the credit goes to the executive. Uh, also, I think the Pelicans will make the playoffs. That's my guess. Um, I think they're going to be the eight seed. And so that might win it for them. But really, I mean, you get blessed with the first overall pick when Zion's coming out. That's not the executive's fault. I'll uh, I'll take the Clippers. Yeah, that's before you before you even broke down your explanation. That that was pretty much my lock because whereas you can't necessarily give Doc credit for how he coached those players to a degree to to a champ to a award you know better than anybody else in the NBA degree you can absolutely give credit to the guy who made that happen especially in the midst of can we just take a a second to reflect on how crazy Kawhi watch was dude for real that's what that's what (laughs) I was gonna say executive of the year Kawhi Leonard because he's the only reason Paul George is on that team he's the only reason that what four or five first round picks were sent to the Thunder uh Kawhi was in charge of it all. And the Clippers were just like, whatever you want, we just don't want you on the Lakers. We don't want another super team that we have to contend with for the next five, 10 years. Yep. So yeah, I'm, I think the Clippers will win and I think it'll be really Kawhi, but you know, they helped out, I guess. Um, So last question, championship, who's going to win the championship? Do the Blazers have a shot? Blazers absolutely have a shot. I think the Blazers absolutely, yeah, we talked about this a little bit last week, um, so we won't go too in-depth on it, but um, I think the Blazers absolutely have a shot, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're at the very least in the Western Conference Finals, just especially due to seeding, as we saw in the last playoff bracket, but um, I'm... I don't know. I just have an eerie feeling about the Lakers lakering it, and... um, Who's going to, I can tell you who I know is going to, I shouldn't say no, but I can tell you who I think is going to be in the finals, which is the Clippers and in the East, it's, it's got to be the Bucks. Um, Celtics could surprise us a little bit. I don't know if they're going to surprise us to that level or same with the Sixers. Um, but, and then between those two teams, I'm, I'm calling the Bucks with the upset because I like the matchup of. Giannis playing defense on one of those two really talented forwards. Um, And I like how well 
the Bucks have surrounded the remaining stars. Not to say that, um, you know, the Clippers haven't don't have the same tools with Montrez and and yeah. Lou Williams and whatnot. But I just I, I like that matchup, and I'm I'm going to go Bucks. Yeah, to me, I it's also between Clippers Bucks. I think Lakers definitely are right in that conversation for sure. The Blazers do have a chance, um, but I'm going to take the Clippers. Um, the biggest. I think the Clippers would be better than the Bucks. The question is, how tired are the Clippers after the Western Conference playoffs? Because mm, the Western yep. Conference is insane. Uh, so I'll still take the Clippers, though. Um, so last topic before we finish up, China. Austin, do you want to uh, go grab your roommate and we can bring yeah, him in and I'll yeah. just share my thoughts real quick while you're gone? Yeah, and let me and let me just uh, preface this by saying my, my roommate that I'm about to bring on here, I'm going to run into the other room. He uh, he was uh, American born, and then shortly thereafter uh, moved back to Taiwan with his family, and was uh, the only individual in his immediate family to basically have um, citizenship in the United States. Um, carried out his whole life, went through college and everything in Taiwan, and then um, is now a uh, up and coming successful. Uh, architectural firm owner down here in the Phoenix, Arizona area. Um, but nonetheless, being, uh, for the most part, Taiwanese, being Taiwanese, um, he has a pretty unique perspective um, to this to this uh, situation that we're approaching here. And and, ple- and I just want to state this because I know that we've broached, uh, the, the last time that we broached a topic similar to this was when we had discussed uh, Ennis Cantor and um, the Turkish government. If we offend anybody or we misspeak, we're sorry. Um, we're, we're amateur, young, mid, uh, younger 20 bloggers. Um, we're doing our best here and we welcome any chance to educate ourselves and become uh, more well-spoken about a topic. So, um, just saying that in advance, please let us know if there's anything we need to uh, look at or review. I'm going to go ahead and grab my buddy, and, and Christian's just going to ask a couple questions and maybe spitball a couple of his opinions uh, in between. Boom. All right. So uh, I'm going to share some of my opinions, like Austin said, and it may or may not be how Austin feels or Anderson feels on these topics. Um, so as a red-blooded American who loves democracy and freedom and freedom of speech, obviously having a podcast, uh, I am not a fan of things going down in China. And uh, it's very easy to pull, um, you know, what is it, like Monday morning quarterback and think that I know everything and that I'm good and all that stuff. Uh, but it's just, it's ridiculous. And Daryl Morey, what, if you don't know what happened, Daryl Morey tweeted out basically support for Hong Kong protesters to China. And China reacted in... In exactly the reason why so so my thoughts on it uh, are basically right, China could have just let it go China could have just let Hi. it happen and instead hey, they uh, yeah how's it going Anderson it's wonderful to hey. meet you yeah it's wonderful to meet you guys too thanks thanks for having me dude um, so you're from Taiwan? I'm from Taiwan I'm a Blazer fans as well um because because of austin so uh-huh. so i know about blazer like morally and the other teams combined <laughs> that's that's that that's awesome dude. so i'm from taiwan yeah dude so okay so for people like me who do not understand exactly where taiwan is could you give um like a, a quick a quick intro as to where taiwan is and how they relate to china uh quick intro would be difficult but let me try mm-hmm. Um, Taiwan is to the southeast of China, 
is south to Japan. So it's a small island. But what happened is when uh, when the civil war happened, uh, the defeat ones kind of uh, retreat to Taiwan and Taiwan has since developed as a country, something like mm -hmm. that. But um, China doesn't want that to happen. Um, they want Taiwan as a piece of their party, but that's that's long story short. But yeah. yeah. So does, does China currently have um, strong political influence or um, or authority in Taiwan whatsoever? Um, just like what they have in America, they try to buy the media mm. and maybe even some of the government department, like as uh, in the form of spice and yeah. try to like manipulate the situation, like the elections, the media, mm -hmm. something like that. So it does yeah. happen. It's happening. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. Uh, like what I'm, what I'm thinking about is China doesn't have to like what Daryl Morey's saying, uh, the Houston Rockets GM who is who is tweeting support for Hong Kong protesters. Um, yeah, no but that. but they're trying to like take over the situation. They're 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 saying that Adam Silver's apology isn't enough, and in my eyes, that means that they're you know they're not going to be satisfied until Daryl Morey is fired or or something. You know, um, do you, they does are that... they're strong arming, like is that yeah. a word? Strong arm, yep. Yeah, um, it's it's just that. Mm, so we are more of that influenced by by the feed we read every day, right? Like mm -hmm. on the internet and the media. So imagine a country that the media and all these sources you touch every day is controlled by the government. Mm. So what it results is that 13 billion people will believe what the government wants them to believe. Yeah. So with that, but at the same time, you also want to make that 13 billion people money. Mm -hmm. I would say it's really hard for it, for the NBA and for like company like Blizzard, which wants to make uh, money in, in China because yeah. it's really hard to resist that. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, like you said, like there's what, 300 million people in America. There's one point. How knows? 13 knows how billion, 13 billion people. 1.3 billion. China. My goodness. It's 13 billion. It's actually it's, 13 billion. Yeah. It's like, just, it's just crazy. Like all of them buy a jersey like you, yeah. you make a crazy amount of money yeah but also they they are communist so yeah, yeah. Just so it's, it comes down to what is it abe lincoln said it you can please all the people some of the time which is what the nba has done for a long time you can please yeah. some of the people all the time but you can't please all the people all the time and yeah. this is like a a corner cornerstone is that the word i'm looking for i don't know this is an important time where the nba is like they, they gonna make a choice like, yeah, yeah do you choose, really like hard. Adam Silver's done pretty well at saying like like I mean obviously he has relationships with Chinese officials that I don't have whatsoever so I can understand him you know not wanting to offend um, yeah. and it, it's rough but it's like this is America we can say what we want and China can't decide that you're gonna fire these people that you, they can't make our decisions for us however yeah. I understand like the NBA and I care about the people of China. I want them to be able to experience the NBA, you know? Yeah, because um, NBA is like the best, like, basketball game in the world. Like, yeah. it would be hard to not be able to see that just because, you know, like, the government is taking a stand. They're trying Seriously. to manipulate something. And you can't watch NBA because of that. That's just stupid. Seriously. Like, I see, like, I saw a video, like, they're painting over Houston Rockets stuff and all this, mm -hmm. all this. And, like, CCTV, Chinese television. Yeah. Um, saying like, yes, we support freedom of speech, but basically no. if you say something that goes against 
um, a, well, I don't know what they said, like a sovereign state. I don't know that the the sovereignty of government. Um, mm-hmm. Then that's not freedom of speech, and it's no, that's the exact opposite, and that's the exact reason yeah. for Daryl Morey to support the Hong Kong protesters, and just stirs up so much in me. It's just man. Yeah, like they even have a CIA for the Chinese government, and they will have like millions of people. I don't know how many people exactly, but they will go on Twitter. And try to manipulate the the speech, like the words, like the the trend of how public speech is going, mm-hmm. and trying to reach their goals. And ironically, Twitter and Facebook is banned in China, but they're yeah. doing that. So crazy. they're just doing exactly what they're not what they're saying. Like they are not supporting freedom of speech, freedom of freedom of speech. Like you can see the case in Hong Kong and poss- possibly future in Taiwan. Yeah. Crazy dude, man. Do you have Do you have any other uh, thoughts on the Hong Kong protesters or on China mm. and the NBA? Um, Nazi, I'm good because uh, if I go on, it'll be really pissed. Like <laughs> by by this whole thing happening. Yeah. Like it doesn't really feel good to be, you know, um, threatened by anything. Seriously. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and that's I what really Ch- exactly what China is doing right now. So yeah. Thank you so much Sorry. for coming on, Anderson. Thanks for having me again. It's great right. to meet you, I, by the way. <laughs> I'll see you guys soon. <laughs> and yeah, just seriously, like so good to hear his perspective on that. And it's, I, I heard on the Brian No show today, um, Brian No, he, he's in Portland, Austin. You live in Arizona, so you can't listen to him regularly. Uh, but he's in Portland, and he just had a really good perspective. And he brought up Steve Kerr. And, you know, it's, it's really easy. Brian No even talked about how it's easy to comment on China stuff when, when we're not affected by it, you know? And it's easy for me to comment on China stuff and Steve Kerr when I'm not personally affected by it. Um, but he made a really good point where it's like Steve Kerr is always, like, first to jump in on issues in society not first obviously but like as far as in the sports realm he says exactly what's on his mind it's usually pretty early on and brian no was kind of calling him out like i mean he was really calling him out he's like man like he's saying he needs to get more educated on china which is great we all need to get more educated on everything before we make serious discussions uh with anything but man like he's he's so right it's it's like now that millions of dollars are involved and billions of fans are involved it suddenly no one wants to talk no one wants to have a strong stance because they're that afraid of the chinese government and it's just ridiculous it's it's i i just don't know what to say about it it's like the nba i understand not wanting to lose that fan base and all that but i've heard a lot of arguments that there's been other things like this in china where the you know the people decided and the people won eventually you know the nba like china knows that the nba is so big there um and just like for me it's like the chinese government is just it's just so cowardly it's so ridiculous that you're not willing to let one person in america say something against you um and and now yao ming is offended and hot um because of what one person said and obviously that's not an opinion shared by everyone it's just ridiculous to me that um 
that they think they can control everyone. They they well, can I control mean, what it, happens in America. Let me let me let me elaborate on a couple things here, and then we gotta we gotta uh, at least either a acknowledge that we've gone over our time limit for our users <laughs> that I that I promised we wouldn't, or uh, b just wrap it up. Um, yeah. I'm thinking that it's probably gonna lie more on the a spectrum because it's not every day that we have the Chinese government threatening to uh, shut down uh, NBA uh, events um, in their entirety, um, not just for one team. Um, so first and foremost, if you haven't already, there's a new South Park season. Uh, the second episode on the season is referring to this. I think that it's it's noteworthy to understand that ESPN is owned by Disney, um, who has to protect other investments. Um, I think that it's also noteworthy that Donald J. Trump uh, came out today, this afternoon, and basically mocked, which is not surprising, Steve Kerr and said he looked like a, quote, shaken little boy when asked about China. Uh, understand that everything that, that this man says, I think that if you get a, if you give a reaction to Donald Trump, um, you're giving him what he wanted, right? So, so like, look at the greater situation. I, and I said, when I, when I speak like this, I'm speaking to everybody who's listening that doesn't already know this. Look at the greater situation and understand that none of his words actually hold any meaning and that they're really just a tool. Um, and I think the question we need to ask ourselves is, He's trying to antagonize Steve Kerr, and he's trying to draw attention away from the situation as a whole and any of his part uh, in really the friction occurring between these two nations, right? So uh, that it's it's all a diversion. Um, as for Yao Ming, we actually have no idea um, what what kind of pressures he could be under. His whole family could be uh, receiving death threats day in and day out at the moment. And before I uh, condemned Hito Turkulu for his behavior, um, you know, at the same time with this pastime that we've discussed that and that relationship with Ennis Cantor in Turkey, um, we don't know what these so-called brand advocates for nations are under. Um, it could seriously be in a dictatorship. It could seriously be basically a cartel of, of cabinet advisors at the top that have so much power and influence, everybody else is just living in their world. So um, it's it, it, I understand your frustrations, um, but my curiosity is what's going on behind the scenes. And mm -hmm. um, I think that there's a lot of that going on right now. And it is refreshing to hear Anderson's take. I don't know how valid the, he, he, you know, Anderson's English is, is not always crystal clear. Um, so, but I did hear him say something along the lines of 13 billion people I don't. I don't think that there's technically 13 billion in in the world right now. So I just wanted to get ahead of the internet trolls on that one. But I'm sure. I'm sure he just meant to say million. And um, honestly, I don't have a fact checker right in front of me. But um, that's just kind of some of the things that I've thought about in this process. I think that you can speak about something and also note that you could be incorrect and that you'd like to, as we did before we spoke about this topic. Um, we want to talk about it. We're going to talk about it, but we understand that we could be wrong at some point. Do we have our livelihood on the lines? Do we know exactly what's going on behind the scenes with Steve Kerr and the NBA? No. I mean, we don't even know what's going on uh, with our own team behind the scenes, let alone our nation's um, foreign, um, foreign endeavors um, and relations. So... This is going to be interesting, and it's a it's a very unique time to be alive when uh, the president of the United States is uh, used to have his own reality show, and now he's calling out an NBA coach. That's the way it goes. 
All right. Any other thoughts on the Blazers or China or award predictions? No, no. I anticipate actually one of our more polarizing episodes and uh, should garner some attention. So like I said, guys, uh, we appreciate you listening. Um, Christian, did you have any uh, remaining comments before I give the whole spiel? I just want to say uh, thank you for everyone who watched the YouTube video. Um, that was awesome to have a whole new influx of listeners. So thank you, Blazers Uprise. And uh, I love the comments. Even, you know, I heard people saying we're dragging on and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And I appreciate that. And obviously we, we drag on that. right now. Yeah. We yeah. love the feedback no matter what because that's, that's all we got to go off of. You know, it's just yeah. – him and I talking at each other on computer screens. So whatever feedback you got, keep sending them. Uh, we appreciate it. Cool. All right. Well, everybody, uh, I'm assuming uh, we're going to have our, our same outro uh, and intro music this week with Chimney, a band based out of Bellingham, Washington. My good friend Thomas Hudson is uh, their bassist. Uh, go ahead and look them up on Spotify. They have an EP. They have a couple different projects out. Um, and a uh, quick little shout out to just any Portland artist um, that have clean music that they'd like to contribute here to our podcast. We'll be more than happy to uh, feature that on an intro and outro. Tell your friends, tell your grandmother if she plays guitar or banjo. Um, mm. And definitely follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, yada, yada, yada. Five stars. Uh, we're the best. Yeah. Run away with me Out from your shackles I'm ready